You're listening to Backstage at Lyric, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes at Lyric Opera of Chicago. Backstage at Lyric features in-depth interviews with singers, conductors, and creative talents at one of the world's great opera companies. For additional podcast interviews, subscribe to our RSS feed or visit us online at lyricopera.org. Soprano Carita Matila is backstage at Lyric. Well, it's a fascinating, fascinating part and uh, beautiful music written so that you can use so much colors and it's all in the music. And I even like the libretto. I mean, I, I even, it's kind of blunt and maybe not Shakespeare or something, but I, <laughs> I love it. I, I just absolutely love it. I love the... The realness of it. Thank you for downloading this episode of Backstage at Lyric. I'm Roger Pines of Lyric Opera of Chicago. Carita Matila is internationally regarded as one of the most exciting artists of our time. She's returning to Lyric Opera this season to star in the title role of Janacek's Katya Kabanova. This is Miss Matila's sixth role at Lyric. It's previously brought her great successes at the Metropolitan Opera, San Francisco Opera, and in her native Finland. I had the pleasure of speaking with Ms. Matila after her dress rehearsal of Katya Kabanova. We talked about the role of Katya and the production of Janacek's opera in which she's appearing at Lyric. Before we get to the interview, here's a brief synopsis. In a small town in Russia in the 1890s, Katya is unhappily married to the ineffectual Tichon, who's under the thumb of his implacable and judgmental mother, Kabanicha. Katya falls in love with the dashing Boris. After Tichon leaves on a trip to Kazan, Kabanicha's foster daughter, Varvara, persuades Katya to meet Boris in the Kabanov's garden. Katya does so, but the resulting ecstasy leaves her guilt-ridden. When the Kabanovs seek shelter from a storm, they and other townspeople are shocked when Katya suddenly confesses her affair with Boris. Rushing away, she wanders to the banks of the river where Boris finds her tormenting herself over having humiliated him and damaged her own good name. He sadly informs her that his wealthy uncle, on whom he must depend for his inheritance, is sending him away. Katya bids him farewell, then throws herself into the Volga. Her body is dragged out by the townspeople as Kabanicha coldly thanks them for their kindness. Now, on to the interview with Karita Matila. I hope you enjoy it. You have been so successful on stage as both Katya and in the title role of Yanufa. So I'm curious as to what keeps you coming back to Janacek. What does he give you as a performer that perhaps no other composer that you sing would give you? Oh, first of all, I have so many uh, favorite uh, composers and I'm very, I feel blessed to get to sing so many of those favorite uh, composers. But Janacek for sure is special. And his choice of these uh, stories is remarkable, these great uh, female parts. And as I just uh, spoke with my husband, we we talked about this, that this is not his favorite opera because he said that they are just so there is no hero in this opera. I said there is no hero in this opera. Nobody's hero, but this is like life. These are like real people. And I... 
I find it fascinating. I love it. I love to dig into these lives and make these stories uh, alive and be part of it. And Janacek's music is just so, so uh, full of rawness and contrasts and emotions and it's just you stand there and everything happens and you know the thunder strikes you and you just don't need to do anything and it's just mind-blowing and I when I'm an observer when I'm on this process of learning these or brushing up my memory and coming back to do these parts then I, I, I just start to Somebody mentions to say something, tell me something about Katya, and I just start crying. I mean, it's just such a... I feel so much um, for this woman. And uh, indeed, there are no heroes, but it's a fascinating, fascinating part and uh, beautiful music written so that you can use so much colors and it's all in the music and... I even like the libretto. I mean, I, I even, I mean, it's kind of bland and maybe not such, not Shakespeare or something, but I, <laughs> I love it. I, I just absolutely love it. I love the, the realness of it. I love to be a, a human being. Of course, you know, in drama, in theater, it's a bit more extreme. And in Yenufa, you don't, Maybe not everywhere happens that your mother kills your baby or something like that, but it's just an example of the extremes that can happen. And we all know that the real life is more fascinating than these stories. And every this is so short. Katya is so short. It's such a devastating piece. So emotionally for you, how does, how does performing it actually affect you by comparison to, say, Yanufa? Or do you feel the same way at the end? No. No, for me, they are just two different women, two different situations, two different stories. By now, I'm kind of used to getting killed or killing myself on stage, what happens to my role. So you just uh, take it as a professional and you treat it as a professional and you know there's always control that's called acting like so so you just uh, put these elements together the singing and an acting part and you treat it in a professional way you as the actors do you know the, the, the those things happen at will and there is always control so although you should i mean it should look like out of control which in both these operas are full of those incidents I find that there's phrase after phrase which sort of grabs the the listener because it's all so ravishingly beautiful. Your role I'm talking about. So are there particular phrases that you look forward to in every performance just for the sheer joy of oh, singing Oh, this them? score is full of them. Then they kind of vanish. Janacek knew everything about those Slavic emotions. And, you know, Finland is not so far away uh, from there. So I can even identify... I mean, when I did Katya in Finland, or, uh, it was around Christmas time, and I thought, what an interesting thing to choose Katya for the holiday season. <laughs> and, you know, the, the theaters were packed, and people loved it. And uh, maybe this is just such a genius opera in a way that it's just the right way. I think it's great that we have an intermission. And it's in the right place, I think, between the two um, last acts, because... 
it's such a, a beautiful way when things are going like in a happy way when the second act finishes. And then it's just kind of, you can speculate. Of course, you know what will happen later. But there is this kind of these more positive melodies. You kind of, they stay in your ear and then you go and have your intermission. And then it's all different. And I think it's it's a very good place to have the intermission. But yet it's a short opera. It's a short opera uh, Katya. So I just think that Janacek knew that this portion is enough uh, for the audience as well to, to take in. And then you don't need to start adjusting or, or compromising with any of these characters. I mean, it's full of cowards and strange people, don't you think? Yes. But you know what? We are like that. I mean, look around you. <laughs> I just think we are. We are struggling, every one of us. And it just depends how you look at it. We can look at it in such different ways. And, uh, of course, it has something to do with the time and uh, that this story uh, is is placed in a certain time and maybe not everything is as bad, hopefully, or, or miserable. But, you know, there were there are, when you put it under loop, <laughs> there are some happy moments in this in this, in this opera too. So, of course, I look forward to, to those moments. But everything, all, all the most desperate moments that Janacek has written for Katya, I'm just talking about my own role, there are these, of course, these raw, big phrases. Then there are these, although they could be sad or something, but there is something, such beauty in them, and it's just a joy to sing them. It's just, I, lo- I love to, as a performer, I love this opera. You have a glorious 10 minutes at the beginning of Act 1, Scene 2, where you're with Varvara and you have this long speech to her, and I just think it's so incredibly characterful. You learn so much about her, but what is the most important thing for you to communicate about this woman in the course of that really long section where we hear so much of her? It tells and shows the audience the the situation. It's all about intimacy. The fact that the audience is actually becomes a part of a very intimate moment when you know the background and understand that the way the story goes, it becomes clear to us that or we we know or we gather because she also regrets afterwards her openness. But she finds in Varvara uh, somebody that she can open her heart a little bit. And it can only happen because they are just alone there. I think that it's all about they are sharing a moment and she something has happened to her and she uses that moment and trusts Varvara in that moment. So it's a very, very intimate moment because I think that most of the time these women just kept, they are kind of like taught to keep things to themselves. And she then, it's so overwhelming um, what she feels. I mean, what a story. I mean, she just never stops talking. I mean, it's it's just about, it starts about the childhood and then it come, goes to this. But it's all about this 
that she has seen someone that arouses such feelings and and that she's in general unhappy so i think it could be <laughs> such a timeless moment <laughs> so 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 uh, i think that the audience is kind of like they get to share this very intimate moment so i think that your goal is really that that in its simplicity and it happens so uh soon in the beginning so then after that you know the audience just then they know you know why doesn't she want her husband to leave later the, you know the audience becomes very aware of ha ha because that's kind of the last resort don't leave me here you know with this because i can't trust myself also you know i just think it's the intimacy in a nutshell you sung in the Mets production of Katia which is the production that we are doing at Lyric. I know you're a big fan. My favorite. Yes, you I knew you were a good, big fan of it. What makes it such a favorite of yours? Because it's so simple. It's so simple. Look at these houses. Look at this claustrophobic little houses. Look at this plainness. It's all about the people. It's just all about these people. And it's in its plainness, I think it's to tell the story. You present this story. You can think whatever you like about the story, but all these people, these two hours, I think it's about this story. With this wonderful carried by this wonderful wonderful music, and it's everything there and they just complement each other and it's even clearer than that, I think. Yenufa is 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 more complex than this, I think. The way I I treat it in my head. And I love this Jonathan Miller's simplicity and the fact that he doesn't try to make people something else than they are. He's respecting the story, he's respecting these characters. They are very real, like very human beings in their good and in their especially in their weaker sides. And I love to be in it. The last question is, and I've been wondering about this ever since getting to know this piece, why do you think she married Tikhon? And why hasn't she tried to leave him if she's so unhappy? Oh. oh, that's easier said than done. Those days, think of women, no education, where would she go? She might why don't people these days who face domestic violence why don't they just walk out i mean that's something that somebody who is outside of those situations it's, it remains unfortunately still an eternal mystery why don't just people leave their abusive partners isn't that an interesting timeless subject and I think that Tihon does love her and I think that she must have loved him in the start. You know, it was safe marriage for a woman whose life was dedicated to getting married and then happened something that can happen in in any marriage 
the sexual field of the the relationship doesn't quite go right or or doesn't satisfy both and um uh, Doesn't this sound also yeah. timeless? Unfortunately. And here yeah. we are. <laughs> and, and, oh, gosh, this story is from what? 19? From yesterday. Yeah, yes. from yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, and here we are wondering, yeah. But we hear news and we know so many stories about this subject to just say, I don't know why she's doesn't leave him my thought is where would she go and then when she makes this mistake that ruins her life because she can't cope with it with her religiousness the only way out is to kill herself that's kind of maybe takes it back to the epoch um, of this story But still, it's an interesting, timeless story. You've been listening to Backstage at Lyric, the podcast that takes you behind the curtain at Lyric Opera of Chicago. For additional interactive content and to order tickets, visit us online at lyricopera.org. <laughs>